With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID 90337. All right. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's June... 6 2016 um yeah i uh had some technical difficulties there for sure uh so i'll just i guess i'll do everything and <laughs> post editing and all that well dang it um soundboard's hooked up and i actually believe it or not i do a pre-check before I go on the call to make sure everything's working, but everything wasn't working and it's not working now and I don't know what's going on. So just all of a sudden when it came to uh showtime, everything just crapped the bed and, but that's okay. Uh, who's on the chat? Uh, Black hooded terror deciphering BS Double nine sixty three, Jewish Jeffrey, K Hamad, Mr. Natural Pissing in the Tent, Richard Benedict seventy three SS Gilligan, Tattered Flag, Tiny Man, and Wave fifty seven. All right, good deal. Um, yeah, what's going on here? Oh right, right, right. Uh this is Hoax Buster's call. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. It's Monday night, and uh so we got the traditional quote, uh Good buddy John Adams sent me something, so I'm going to read it um, in one of his most famous exploit, exploits. Uh, and this is about surf legend Mickey Dora. In one of his most famous exploits, Dora entered the 1967 Malibu Invitational, a contest that, given his previous conviction, should have been one that Dora would want no part of. In the semis, he mooned the judges and took off leaving the beach and, and story that would cement his reputation as a ca- as a contest hater. I ride for pleasure only, he once said. Professionalism will be completely destructive to any control an individual has over the sport at present. The organizer, organizers will call the shots, collect the profits, while the wave rider does all the labor and receives little. Also, since surfing's alliance with the decadent, decadent Big business interest is designed only as a temporary damper to complete physical collapse. The completion of such a partnership will serve only to accelerate the art's demise. A surfer should think carefully before selling his being to these people, quote unquote, since he is signing his own death warrant as a personal entity. So, yeah. uh, Yeah, Mickey Dora, he didn't take too kindly to... uh, 
Well, I guess the uh, contest or the commer- commercialization of surfing and uh, yeah, yeah, interesting thing about that. And uh, myself and John have talked about this uh, about the uh, skate culture, surf culture. We talked about it off off uh, recordings quite a bit about uh, he used to be in, into skateboarding. Uh, I myself, I mean, would, both being from Southern California as, as kids growing up, I don't, I don't think that you can be in Southern California as, as a young lad and, and not at least ride a skateboard once or twice. But, um, yeah, I have some familiarity with it too, but yeah, the whole taking of the, a sport and turn it in and turning it into a uh, commodity. And, uh, that, that is what, uh, when you, when you get into the, uh, surf culture and the skate culture, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a sort of counterculture identity that people who engage in those pastimes, they adopt. Uh, not everyone, of course, but like a lot of people who are surfers and skateboardists have kind of adopted the, the counterculture mentality. So it's kind of, it's kind of a irony there that there's this uh, industry that has uh, probably, I mean, wasn't really around at the time of Mickey, uh, Mickey Dora, but, uh, has since, uh, tra- transformed into that as far as, uh, yeah, being a, being a sort of just like everything else in, in the culture, it's been commodified, but, uh, yeah. What does that exactly do? Did it destroy the sport? I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know if it destroyed the sport, but yeah, definitely, uh, has a tendency to um to alter it yeah to alter it to change it to change things to uh to to make it into something that it wasn't previously and um yeah that's uh something that commonly takes place but uh yeah i wasn't going to go plan on talking to the, about that extensively this evening uh I really have nothing actually specifically planned out. I did get some emails throughout the week. I've been really pretty busy the last several days. I've been pretty busy, occupied with a little side business thing I got going on and some other stuff. And uh, so I, um, I've been reading stuff, picking up on stuff here and there. And then, uh, you know, people have sent me some emails. And I really haven't taken the time to sit down and respond to all those. So, uh, yeah, do it right now. Let's check it out. What's on the emails? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, da, 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 da. Ba, 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 da, ba. Here's a couple of these. And, uh, yeah, oh, Greg sent me links to 
something we is talking about. Uh, me, John, and Jay. The nucle- nuclear. That's how you say it in Oklahoma. Sorry. Uh, missile launch code. This is a. That's uh, from Huff Post. The article Greg sent me. The secret nuclear missile launch code during World War II was zero 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 zero. It's like, yeah, uh, don't panic. But for 15 years during the Cold War, the code meant to prevent unauthorized launching of the United States arsenal of Minutemen nuclear missiles was apparently zero 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 zero. The alarmingly insecure permissive action link. Uh, or PAL code first came to light in 2004 after Bruce Blair, a former uh, Minuteman missile launch control officer, disclosed it in a column for the Center uh, for Defense Information. Uh, last week, the story gained new life after being picked up by uh, Today I Found Out, uh, quote unquote, followed by Gizmodo, Ars Technica, and the Daily Mail and other outlets. According to Blair, the White House ordered codes to be installed in 1962. Uh, despite objections from the U.S. Strategic Air Command, which worked, which worried the extra layer of security would delay launching missiles in the event of emergency. Nevertheless, officials followed orders and begun phasing in locks, all the while uh, setting the secret unlock code to eight zeros. The locks had been installed, recall Blair, but everyone knew the combination. Yeah, probably even the Russians and everybody else. Of course, uh, yeah, codes to what? Um, however, and that's my commentary, uh, however, amid the renewed hype over the easily cracked code, a crucial element has been largely overlooked, though the physical code preventing an unauthorized, uh, missile launch may have been all zeros. The process of arming the actual nuclear warhead was much more involved, according to the National Museum of the U.S. Air Force. This is a seemingly made for Hollywood process, (laughs) uh, involving the simultaneous turning of keys. Uh, quote unquote emergency war or order, uh, safes and verifying launch codes, which presumably were not all zeros. Uh, so while rogue officers or Soviet spies could have gained access to a missile by dialing zero, 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 which certainly may have led to disastrous consequences on its own, actually launching a nuclear weapon would have required significantly more work. Mm-hmm. According to Steve, uh, Belovin, a computer science professor at Columbia who studied the matter. The PAL code was initially meant to safeguard missiles in non-U.S. NATO countries like Turkey and Greece that were uh, hosting the bombs. In 2004, email the Guardian, Bel- uh, Belovin uh, explained the uh, codes mainly existed only to thwart a launch in the event of a uh, physical capture of the devices. Haha. <laughs> okay. Uh, in any case, Bryce Blair and his original column, the locks were activated in 1977 and have likely since graduated far more complex and far more confidential unlocking systems. Either way, now we have other problems to deal with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, really, okay. But you could uh, potentially get a hold of one of these, and if you knew the code was all zeros, you could uh, activate it, I guess. What's they're saying? Um, yeah, I don't believe in nuclear weapons, though. So, does this give me cause for concern? No, it does not. 
nuclear weapons are a fiction. <clears throat> Interestingly enough, I had a, well, this happens fairly regularly. I have YouTube videos posted up and then you got people coming along, uh, com commenting on, on my YouTube videos. And, uh, I got a few on, well, you can get to my YouTube channel if you want to check it out at hoaxbusterscall.com. At the top, there's a link to the uh, YouTube channel. And I got a few videos on there that have, uh, considerable number of views, I guess, relatively speaking. I mean, nothing even approaching like a Miley Cyrus video or anything like that by any means or, uh, or, uh, somebody, uh, I don't know, pulling five or six yards of kite string out of a cat's rear end after they swallowed or something. I don't know what stuff on there that's popular. I don't understand the popularity of it, but, uh, yeah, not nearly that popular is what I'm saying. But anyway, the reason why I bring that up is that you get these commenters that will, I guess, just a lot of people just will run across a video if it if it if it gets a certain number of views and then it gets put in the feature videos or whatever whatever have whatever have you. Anyway, I get a lot of people that uh, are just reflexively responding to like my oh nukes don't exist oh oh nukes don't don't exist. So it's obviously you get the it, it's the same old thing. So I mainly ignore it. It's like, oh, you're, you're an idiot. Oh, oh, you're, you're a crackpot. Oh, 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 uh, uh, I, oh, I know what to say. A uh, tin, tinfoil hat, tinfoil hat and, 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 and take your meds and, 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 and yeah, yeah, take your meds. The, those people. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I was telling this one guy cause he said he was, it's kind of aggravating. I, I responded back to him. I said, you know, some kind of offhanded uh, comment. And I responded back with a kind of offhanded comment. And then uh, he's trying to tell me that, uh, yeah, nuclear bombs are real because there's radiation in, in, in uh, Bikini Atoll. And it's still radioactive and people still can't habitate it. And I just pointed out to him. And I said, hey, dude, here's here's a. Uh, a video of divers. Here's, you know, at Bikini Atoll. Here's a article talking about the wildlife is thriving on Bikini Atoll. Here's an article that says that uh, Chernobyl uh, disaster zone is now a nature preserve with wild ponies and on and on and on. Here you go. Check that out. Well, uh, just Google uh Bikini Atoll uninhabitable after 60 years. And it's like, yeah, but somebody forgot to pass the memo on to the little birds and the crabs and everything that are living on the island. But I guess radiation only affects humans. Okay, okay, okay. Just just roll with that. Go with that because that's what you're told. But that's the response. It's almost like, it's like, yeah, don't look at the fakeness of the video that I'm pointing out. And I'm pointing out an anomaly in that video. If you haven't seen it, it's an anomaly. It's like, how do you explain it unless you're looking at something that's fake video? You can't explain it. It's, okay, well, Chris, it's a video anomaly or it's JPEG. Okay, explain. Oh, if that's what it is, show me another example of that sort of anomaly appearing in anything. Anything. Show me. But, okay, here's the point. It's like you can't prove that it's fake. I can't prove that it's fake, even though it's like, 
obviously fake. It's obviously fake to anybody who's going to look at it and, 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 and ponder it. It's like, yeah, how does the, I've talked about this before. It's like, how does this explosion stay static over multiple frames? Part of it stays static while the rest of it envelops around it. Part of the explosion, like a bright flash part of the explosion is stationary over multiple frames and then the mushroom cloud envelops around it that's not even possible it of course is possible if you're looking at something that's like some sort of compositing a video or uh, fakery trickery then it's definitely possible and then you get to looking at this stuff that's out there and it's like some of it looks like okay that definitely could be a real explosion then again, too, it's like, what are you looking at? Is What kind of explosion? Well, it's a nuclear explosion because it's a mushroom cloud. How do you know that? Because you've always been told that. And then you could go into stuff where the government admits that, oh, yeah, we did simulated nuke bomb with, you know, hundreds of tons of TNT. It's like, oh, you don't say. Well, why would you do that? If you have nu real nukes, why are you simulating nukes with TNT? You got to think, think long and hard about that one for, for a few minutes. Ponder that for a minute. It's like, okay, why are you going through all that trouble to simulate? Well, it's training purposes. It's like, yeah, well, you got the real thing, train with the real thing. Well, sometimes we're doing, sometimes we train with TNT. It's like, yeah, but why? Well, I have a good idea why, because... It's plausible deniability. It's, switch. it's like bait and switch. It's like the rabbit in the head. It's rabbit in the hat. It's trick here. It's thing here. It's over here. Look over here. What do you got over here? It's a big explosion. It's like, well, what, how do you know what you're looking at? TNT or nuke? Well, it's obviously nuke because it's a mushroom cloud. Well, uh, oh, so mushroom clouds only come from nukes. Well, yeah. It's like, how do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know that? You don't know that. How big is the explosion? Well, you don't know unless you're right up on it. You have nothing to give you a sense of scale. So what I'm trying to say there, you can account for all the eyewitnesses that were supposedly at the at the uh, uh, nuclear detonation uh, public showings. You can account for all this other stuff just by factoring a few simple, straightforward facts. That I'm a, these are facts that, like, if you have no frame of reference for something that you're observing, how do you know what you're observing is a real thing or not? And somebody asked me, well, how do you know nukes aren't real? It's like, okay, if they're real, you don't need to fake the explosions. You don't need to to exaggerate them or make them appear large, which clearly was what they're doing in this footage. And, and, and then you look at some of this other footage, and it's like, yeah, they clearly use compositing. How do you nail it down? Well, on some of it, you really can't. It's just the way that it appears. It appears as if it's cut out. It's like, look at it. Look at it. It's cut out. It's cut out. It's composite. It's like overlaid. It's obvious. It's like, how do you know that? That's how nukes look. It's like, no. Well, oh, okay. So they, oh, yeah, they make the nuke, the nature of the nuke, I guess the physics of the nuke going off, make it appear as if it's cut out and then recomposited. Okay. And then makes it appear as if, I guess, a, a wormhole opens up and the time-space continuum gets sort of put a temporary on hold in just one specific kind of locality inside of the explosion that makes the explosion stay static while the rest of it envelops around it. Is that what's happening uh, uh, there? Uh, that I was talking about 
uh, prior with, I went into extensively about, oh, the Washington Monument. I went into how that if you're, and this, we're getting up, this is, this is pertinent because, uh, we're getting up on this election, uh, coming up in 2016, right? I mean, yeah, 2016. That's this year, right? November, right? November elections coming up. It's, it's, uh, it's, a uh, hard fought one battle between Hillary Clinton and, uh, uh, uh Donald Trump and that, all this other, uh, nonsense. I, I, I regard it as absolute nonsense. It's, it's, uh, theater. But anyway. You get into these debates, and I brought this up before about the guy who was giving some commentary on Fox News, and he was uh, just basically all pointing out some hypocrisies, and he kind of goes into the, uh, you know, God we trust on the dollar, this, that, and the other thing, and, and the separation of church and state, and the hypocrisy there, and it's like, well, you know, and I pointed out that, like, uh, yeah, the, the, the nation's capital is predominantly uh, Greek, uh, Greco-Roman, um, you know, polytheistic pantheon of gods, uh, indicative of that period of time and that specific religious belief. It predominates in Washington, D.C., but that's not a cause for concern. But, uh, just to make the point that unless something is on the table, of discussion for debate, nobody will bring it up and nobody will use it as an argument and nobody will make reference, even though it's like so glaringly obvious that you can't miss it. It's just like, I mean, that's what I've kind of characterized myself as being, uh, if I have any skills, I mean, that's what be my one skill. It's like, Oh yeah. Chris is good at, uh, pointing out the obvious, just pointing out the obvious and then like, oh, well, how does this obvious thing work into the uh, overall big picture and then overall discussion or the, you know, na the national, you know, quote unquote conversation, you know, unquote, like, uh, like, uh, you hear people talk about, oh, we need to have a conversation about this, that, and the other thing. It's like, yeah, well, let's have a conversation, but let's, let's, hey, how about, uh, when we have a conversation this time, let's, uh, I don't know, let's, uh, state the obvious, but, um, then John I was talking to John after that uh, call, and then he brought up something that uh, I wish I would have thought of at the time, but I guess I'll talk about it now. It's like, uh, so you got the uh, abortion debate, abortion debate. Oh, is abortion good? Is it bad? Is it, well, you know, is it, you know, we want more abortion. We want less abortion. We want to ban abortions. We want partial birth. We don't want partial birth abortions. We don't want to ban it. We don't want it. You know, it's uh, what about, okay, what about a woman gets raped? But you, the same, in other words, the same talking points that you'll always hear. That's the same ones. But like, uh, like John mentions, like, yeah, what about, uh, Margaret Sanger being a eugenicist and talking about black babies as, as being like weeds? And what about that? And what about, um, you know, the fact that, uh, according to statistics, that uh it's like like a number one cause of death among young blacks is to be aborted and then how like abortions among black individuals 
far outpaces the white image. So it's basically a form of kind of genocide taking place like with black people with abortions and stuff. And, uh, and I think that's, that's a, uh, symptom of a wider problem and, uh, that has been underway for some time. But yeah, that's just got me thinking about stuff. It's like, yeah, that is so true. It's like, you will not hear the obvious brought up in these debates. And then, you know, it'll always be the same general points brought up without fail. Without fail, like every single friggin' time. Every time, it'll be the same arguments, but, you know, maybe rephrased, put in a different way. It might be a different person saying it. They might say it in a different way. One person might be yelling. One person may be talking calmly. Same, same talking points, so generally. Oh, oh well, there's kind of a recent development whether or not it's like, um, yeah, I could, you know, Selling or aborted fetuses, uh, like parting them out and selling their organs, like their heart, their liver, the kidneys, like selling them on the market and, you know, making, making money off and putting them out for sale. Is that something that, you know, we should be doing? It shouldn't be done. It's like, yeah. Oh, you really have to debate that? Wow. So how far gone are we as a culture, as a society, if that's, if that's something that we have to decide if that's ethical or moral or not. Yeah. Selling harvesting baby parts and selling them. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't really know. I'm kind of on the fence on that one. If you're on the fence on that one, dude, you might as well, you might as well just go ahead and fall right off. You ain't got a brain in your head. You ain't got no ability to make any kind of a uh, moral judgments period. I mean, you just don't. I mean, why would you even have to debate that? I mean, isn't that something that's like, uh, well, here's the thing too. That's the only, this is something that, um, always has to be pointed out and brought up. It's that, you know, if, if it's, a, if it's officially sanctioned, like the government, okay, Planned Parenthood, it, it obviously operates with the full, full, blessings of the United States government and federal government and all that stuff. Uh, you know, like, uh, here's the absurdity of the situation. If a female is under 18, she can go get an abortion. That's fine. She, you know, they could take the, they could take the uh, fetus and they could part it out. They sell the parts. That's fine. Sell, sell the baby parts. That's great. And then the, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the, uh, Underage girl has to even tell her parents. It's fine. Uh, same girl gets her abortion. She goes back to school the next day. She's got a little small bag of marijuana. Oh, she's going to get expelled from school. And then she may even do some jail time. But, um, you know, that's back to, okay, what's legal? What's not legal? Uh, and then that having any consideration upon what is actually moral or right or just or anything like that. But, you know, that extends out into not only ethics, morality and stuff like that, you know, something defined as legal, then all of a sudden it, it's not frowned upon or looked down upon generally, or it has, uh, like a, you could take the most kind of outrageous act, maybe like, um, 
I don't know, killing an infant in the womb and then selling its parts. Some, something like that. And then you put a legal sanction on it. Like, yeah, this is okay to do. Yeah, if you want to do it, you know, go ahead and do that. And then people view it completely differently. And it's just like, oh, it just gets, it gets a blessing and the sanction of, uh, quote unquote authority. And now it's not, not, I don't know if I like it, but that's eh, not, well, it's choice, right? Choice. Oh, it's choice. Yeah, it's choice. Uh, so then you have that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to also say too that that extends out into, uh, logic and reason. Like if authority tell you something is logical or reasonable and they present it to you as real or factual and then you're checking it out with your own eyes and you're saying, yeah, that any other context, what you'd be, if it wasn't presented to you from an authoritative source and from the government, you would look at it and go, what, what the fuck is that? I don't know. That, that's ridiculous. And then you say, oh, that was on the nightly news. And, uh, you know, the president's going to talk about, it. oh, it's, oh, 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 I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I believe it now. It's like, oh, you didn't believe it two minutes ago, but you put it in a different context and you totally believe it because, you know, government says it, authority says it, then it's true. It's just like uh, the guy's talking about with the nukes. It's like the reason why they're true to him it's not because he thinks there's radiation on Bikini Atoll, stuff like that. You know, he he does believe that. But the main reason that he believes in nukes is he was told that nukes are real by the government and by authorities. That's why he believes it. And he can't he, to to that degree. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. But here's something that I was uh was listening to a real good interview Jay Dyer was on. Uh uh, can't remember the show, but they were going, they had a real good discussion about, uh, they're kind of touching and venturing into some of these areas. And it kind of, it, it, it got me to thinking, uh, cause I was thinking about this before. And then we brought that back up. I was like, yeah, this is uh, something that I think is relevant to this overall discussion. And, uh, why people believe what they believe. And that's kind of like the, a theme that I kind of like to explore a lot. It's like, why do we believe exactly what we believe? And like Jay was talking about from a philosophical perspective, he was re re making reference to the particular science book that delve into that. It's like, it's, you know, virtually impossible to have a completely objective outlook. So you're always going to have an outlook that's, it's going to be filtered through your, you know, preconceived biases and all that. And yeah, that does make sense. I mean, you can't, it's really nearly impossible to have, be completely 100% objective. I know I'm not. And like, uh, I, I know like a lot, a lot of people, you know, that talk about this stuff, of course, you know, they're aware of the fact that, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not objective, not hundred percent objective. I don't, I don't claim to be. But then, uh, so you go into something like, are nukes fake, you know? Or could that even possibly be? I mean, could they actually be fake? Like, could the whole thing be just one big giant hoax? And I think, uh, you know, you think about that for a minute. 
And it sounds to a lot of people like that is just absurd. How, no, there's no way. There's just no possible way. And uh, as I was listening to that program, I got to thinking about this. I said, well, yeah, well, from a, from a different perspective, like you got to remember too, like uh, I've kind of been into this stuff for a while and I've kind of had this sort of contrarian attitude towards, you know, history and everything else. And like a lot of concepts, I just don't believe anything I'm told and I'm just skeptical, skeptical about everything. And uh, that goes into nations, too. It's like, yeah, I don't I don't believe that Russia is our real enemy. I don't believe China is our, any kind of opposition to the West. I don't believe the East-West dialectic. I don't believe any of that. I don't believe it ever was a Cold War. I don't believe that it was truly a Cold War. I don't believe that we were truly at war in any way, shape, or form with uh, the Soviet Union, so-called. I don't believe any of that. I believe that that was um, a really con just a completely contrived, staged, managed uh, set of circumstances that had a particular purpose, and that was to give people inside the system at all different uh, strata in society to give them uh, a narrative to work off of so different things could be developed for the next phase. And we go through phases. We go through different phases of the business model inside what's known as civilization. That's how I characterize things. That's how I see the world. That's how I see that it operates. You need to give everybody inside the system a working narrative to give them motivation, to give them hope, to give them drive, to give them uh, uh, reasons for why this is, why that is, why that other thing is. It's like, yeah, oh, did you, hey, hey, hey keep your mouth, keep your mouth shut about that. It's like, what, well, well why, well, uh, hey, do you want the Russians to, to, to hear that? And you want the Russians to kill us all? And it's like, no, not really. Don't you know the Russians are out to get us? They want us, they hate our freedoms and they want us dead. It's like, yeah, 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 sorry, boss. I, I, I forgot about the Red Scare. And that's that's the reason. That's the reason. So you can run all kinds of scams right under everybody's noses. And then if anybody, you get any scuttlebutt or anything about it, it's like, uh, 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 got to be quiet. Ru Ru Russians are going to get us. Everybody clams up. In other words, otherwise known as, uh, you know, quote, unquote, national security. And then you can run a... You can run things in secrecy. You got the pretext to do that. And then you, you know, hide the fact that nukes are fake. That's easy to do in a, in a secretive society, in a secretive culture. Easy, easy, easy to do. You know what you think, Chris, that somebody would have spoke out by now. Nukes are fake. Somebody would have, at least one person would have come forward. And at least one person would have spoke. Like at least one person would have went on Oprah Winfrey and spoke his mind about how nukes are fake. And Oprah would have announced that to the world and everybody would know about it, Chris. It's like, no, dude, I really don't think the world works that way. And I really don't think the media is there with that sort of thing in mind, like exposing and revealing the truth about the system and about the government. I really don't believe that. I believe that you're part of, and 
you know, you have a heavy investment into the system, whether in that's represented as a, some sort of outrageous salary, like, you know, you got Diane Sawyer, what did she make one year, like 14 million, something absurd like that. Those people are high order professionals. And what that means in the system, and, you know, especially like in journalism, stuff like that, it's like, it's like um, an elite prostitute. And it's like you, you go, you pay $5,000 for an elite prostitute. It's like, okay, I just shelled out the cash for an elite prostitute. What are you going to do tonight then? Well, I know what I'm, one thing I want to do for sure. It's like, yeah, you better. What did you pay $5,000? You better. Damn well better. And it's like, yeah, it's no different. It's no different with the journalists and stuff like that. They damn well better put out. They damn well better say what they're paid to say. Because they're paid to say. They're paid professionals. Everybody's a paid professional. They're paid to say shit. They're paid to, their, opinion, their professional opinions for sale. And they put it on the open market. It's on the, it's on the uh, auction block. And they auction off the highest bidder. And that's, they put that out. But, um, you know, if you believe in countries and nations and Russia is out to get us and uh, Japan is out to get us or whoever it happens to be at the time, uh, you're somebody that's hearing this like, oh, nukes are fake. Well, you know what? If nukes are fake, then Russia would expose it. Well, why Russia's got nukes, too. Or if the moon landing was fake, then uh, Russians would have ratted Americans out and told them it wasn't true. And then, uh, so what I'm getting at with all this is that trying to look into the reasons why somebody would, if you make a statement like nukes are fake or something like that, somebody would say, oh, that's absolutely preposterous. Well, it's not if you understand that there is no, at the top, at the upper levels, there is no real competing ideologies there is no competing nations there is no real competition because when you get at the top all those people all those individuals work together they work together they help each other out they got each other's back and that's why they run the show um but you know that's hard for people to understand they think that's all real and there's real opposition at the top and these and these countries are in opposition and uh they they uh you know the country that doesn't have nukes and wants nukes but can't be allowed to have you know quote unquote nukes like they would be the ones that would speak out and announce it to the world but then like okay if you want to announce something to the quote unquote world what does that involve? Like, what would that look like? Like how, okay, say you have some information that nobody else is, else is privy to and it's earth shattering. It's mind bending. It's, 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 uh, the, the, it's going to be the topic, the top topic for the next decade, at least it's so profound. It's so over the top. I think nukes being turned out to be an absolute hoax that, that would rank up there. I think as a pretty good story. And people say, well, Chris, if what you're saying is true, 
Don't you know one of these journalists that work for the New York Times? Don't you know that they would be all over that? Don't you know that they would expose that? Don't you know they would win a Pulitzer Prize for reporting? Don't you know that they would they would be the most famous reporter of the decade? What's stopping them from doing that? It's like, I don't know where you live, but <laughs> where I live, that shit does not freaking work that way, man. If you work for somebody, I don't care how shit hot you are at your job, you answer to somebody. And that person answers to somebody. And you have an organizational culture. You have stuff that people inside the organizational culture just uh, they just don't do. And they don't do it not because there's some law or some rule book. It's because that's part of the internal culture of that particular organization. That's the way shit functions. That's the way the world works. That's the way reality, that's reality is, again, pointing out the obvious. That's obvious the way things are. And then you get all these oppositions to quote unquote conspiracy theories or something like that. And they're, and they frame stuff in, in this context. Like they live on a completely different planet. I don't know what you're talking about. Dude. What do you mean if somebody speaks out? What does that even mean? If, if, if it is as I'm proposing, like it's it's a, a top-down control type, and not democracy, it's top-down control, man. Obviously, is it not top-down control when you go to work? Obviously, is you think you control shit? You think your your coworkers in your cubicle control shit at work? Fuck no. Why would you think that? Well. Uh, we're not going to get seven days off around Christmas time. We're only going to get three days off. Oh, well, if you're only getting three days off, that must have mean everybody got together and took a vote, didn't they? And said you're only going to have three days off. Everybody down in the cubicles got out, got out and made a vote. No, it didn't happen like that, did it? No. I don't know what planet that happens on. That doesn't happen on the planet I'm on. It's top-down control. Do you think it's different in the... Oh, but you get out and vote, and then you vote Donald Trump in, and he's gonna he's gonna do what the people what? So everything is top down control except for the con the 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 operation of the country. But the all the corporations that run everything, the people that are in charge of these corporations, stuff that exercise top down control. And then all those people that, you know, the majority of your waking life is spent under top-down control. But then every four years, you get to get out and vote, and then you get to decide how the country's run. So you can vote Donald Trump in. He's going to turn things around. He's going to he's gonna take the helm, and he's going to steer the the economy and the war machine and everything else. And if the, if the, the people who have been doing top-down control all this time, if they don't like it, it's just tough luck for them, really. So they're not, it's like, oh, the people get the upper hand then when they vote Trump in. I mean, I don't know how, how more ridiculous you can get than that. That doesn't make any kind of sense any way Anyhow, it just doesn't make any kind of sense. How does that even make sense? How do you think that it, that is makes any sort of rational, reasonable, logical, coherent, 
sense whatsoever. It makes apps just doesn't. But that's what people believe. That's what people believe. Yeah, I don't have any power in the system. But the government and the quote-unquote authorities let me go into the ballot box and cast a vote. And then that's when I, that's when I have, that's when it's my moment to shine. That's when it's me to flex my muscles and exercise my power as an American citizen to vote who I want to vote in to office. And, uh, wow. You really believe in that horse shit. That is sad. That is sad. I mean, any, any adult, maybe somebody in their early twenties, maybe early twenty, mid twenties, just got out of college. You got to, you got out of that. Just you get the, the, all oh, the relentless mind washing, the mind, the, the brainwashing, the just hammering different bullshit into your head for however many years and you just got out of the public school system prior to that. And you're just pretty much just dibbled and your brain is just freaking been just pounded into submission. Then yeah, I can see maybe you go vote or something like that, something ridiculous like that. But after you get a little bit older, and you've seen a couple of election cycles, and you've seen the absolute ridiculous dog and pony show that it is, and you don't wake up to it, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds too cynical, but no, it's, re- it's reality. It's like, um, yeah, I don't understand how anybody takes that crap seriously. I just don't. I, I really don't. It's a mystery to me. It's really a mystery. But, um, I'm looking at the time and I can't believe that I just ranted on for like an hour and, uh, well, technically not, but yeah, if we've got anybody that wants to call in, I guess my soundboard is totally inoperational. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I may just, I may just wind her down. I uh, messaged Jay on Facebook earlier, and he said he might try to call in. I think they're in the desert regions at this point. I don't know if it'll be technically possible for him to call in. Uh. Yeah, let's see if there's anybody going to call in within the next few minutes. And if not, I think I'm going to go ahead and close up shop because I've been having technical troubles. I got off to a bad start. I got uh, no caller enters. And... uh yeah, and there's no reason why it has to go for three hours. There's nothing uh, particularly uh, it's not it's not a uh, must be, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I'll give another five or so minutes, and while I'll do that, I'm going to. 
look back into the emails. Oh, well, had, uh, <clears throat> yeah, another reason too, it's like my throat is, uh, something, something's up. It's just been, I've just been, uh, kind of hoarse a little bit. Uh, got a email from Richard and he sent me this video is interesting. I don't know really what to make of it, Richard, man. I don't know for sure what's up with this thing here. All right. Well, it, it's 30 seconds. Let me just play it. Let me just play it. Um, and then y'all could hear it. She's a born leader. I know I've been taking orders from her since she was five years old. So you don't worry about her? Of course I worry about her. I fought in the war in 96 and I know what those things are capable of. But I know what my daughter is capable of. And I know this planet is safer because she's defending it. I smoked them. Yeah, so it's basically an ad about, uh, it's an army recruitment. And then they're talking about, the guy's talking about, I guess his daughter. Because if you have an ad about the military, you know, recruitment and stuff like that, you can't have, like, the son joining the military. It's got to be the daughter. And, of course, yeah, she's a born leader. She's been bossing her dad around since she was five. Um, yeah, all the typical kind of, you know, cultural Marxist claptrap, but then it's like, well, yeah, we had the alien invasion and blah, 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 alien invasion. It's like, what are they talking about? So it's like, it's, I guess it's, it's, it's in the context of, uh, yeah, there's some sort of alien invasion and then, uh. Yeah, join the join the army, in case there's an alien invasion. I was like, that's that's pretty odd. The U.S. Army Earth Space Defense Recruitment, Earth Space Defense Recruitment. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make out of this. But I've heard proposed that uh, the powers that be are plotting a fake alien invasion uh wow here's the website defend tomorrow enlist today since the war of 1996 the earth space defense have been preparing for the next great alien invasion we're looking for the best and brightest from around the globe to join the ESO ESD earth space defense and protect mankind our purpose is simple defend earth's independence at all costs uh, from, yeah, this official site from the U.S. Army. What is this crap? www.goarmy.com slash 
joinesd.html. Okay. I I don't know. I don't know. That, uh, yeah, it's definitely something I've heard about. Uh, fake alien invasions and so on and so forth that are being plotted. And then I look at that, and then I'm thinking, you know what? That sounds really far-fetched. But then on the other hand, I've said this before. I said this on the last call. I, I basically sort of exaggerated. I was exaggerating. I was using a little hyperbole there when I said that, you know, if uh, the government told everybody that, you know, Bugs Bunny was real or or uh, they would believe it or the Roadrunner actually went through the Twin Towers and it was actually the Roadrunner and he came to life in a cartoon and joined Al-Qaeda and, and Roadrunner hates our freedom or I don't like he would like people would probably believe that. A lot of people would. I mean, if it was presented correctly you know yeah you don't know chris that you know you thought cartoons were just artwork somebody draw and put on but it's like sometimes they be real sometimes it'd be very real and they kill people it's like ah yeah i don't know how many people would believe but i know probably some would believe that i don't know maybe that's stretching a little bit far but I, you know, like the alien invasion thing is like almost as preposterous as cartoons coming to life. But I think it could potentially be presented in a way that would get most people to believe it. Now, I, because I, like, maybe a couple of years ago, I I would hear about this stuff and say, ah, oh, that is just... That is just ridiculous. No, nobody will buy it. No, this is not going to happen. But as I don't know what it is, this is like the last couple of years. I don't know if it's just been stuff that I've been exposed to or what. But now I'm kind of like coming around to the idea that, yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's not anything that can't be got over on people, the general public. I really don't. I mean, I, I think that people will buy just about any bullshit as long as presented to them by an authority and in a certain way. I I really, I mean, that sounds kind of defeatist maybe or something like that, but it's like, no, man, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty much true. Pretty much true. I really, now I was like, maybe they are going to do a fake alien invasion. <clears throat> maybe the they'll have saucers land on earth and, and then they'll they'll say, yeah, you remember movie E.T.? Well, that's how they look. And Steven Spielberg got some privy to some inside information. And, and that's what he modeled E.T. after. And, you know, uh, that's they're real, though. E.T. is real. And then it's E.T. It's just E.T. from the movie invading, you know. But the only difference is they're not friendly at all. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. 
anything like that. You know, they could, uh, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is they could present it in a, in a carefully scripted out way. And maybe they've been run, work, working on these different scripts for the last, you know, 40, 50 or 60 years. I don't know. And developing it and honing them and, you know, uh, what do they call that? Focus testing them and all that shit. And then, you know, before you know it, they're going to be rolling out the, once the, the Al Qaeda terrorist threat and bullcrap runs its course and everybody gets sick of it, then they'll run the, run the big alien invasion psyop. I don't know. That would be pretty high maintenance. So I would think, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But would people buy it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. No doubt. No doubt about it. I mean, I mean the general population. Oh yeah. 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 No, no doubt. Now I don't have any doubt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's just that, uh, yeah, there's no critical thinking is pretty much a, a thing of the past. And when you're doing it, you know, people, you know, you're, you start questioning everything, you know, like that. And it just annoys and bothers anybody that's hearing you, you know. That's not into it's like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know. I'm just don't believe everything I'm told. It's like, oh, are you on your meds? You wear a tinfoil hat. It's like, you know, not everybody. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that probably, you know, that are receptive to, you know, certain information. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I get the impression that there is a, pretty substantial segment of the population that uh absolutely refuses to look at anything other than what's presented to them on television and that's reality and what they got in school that's reality anything outside of that is just not even going to be considered because then you might have to you know actually think and use your brain but, uh, yeah, looking at fakeologist site, see what's on there. Uh, it's got some different audios posted. So check those out. Uh, let me see back in the chat. Well. Like anybody's trying to call in. Uh, I don't know if I'll be getting any callers this evening. So, uh, yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll go ahead and close up shop. Uh, been over an hour. So, uh, yeah, we'll make this a short one. And, uh, yeah, I apologize to anyone I expected to hear a longer call, but, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, oh, it's good to change up the format once in a while. <clears throat> we'll, uh, hopefully pick it back up next Monday. And, uh, yeah, hopefully this thing with my throat kind of clear up. Uh, I don't think it's kind of affection or anything. It's just like, I don't know. And hollering or something. Um, 
check out hoaxbusterscall.com and uh, I'll be posting some stuff out there throughout the week. Uh, wait a minute. Might have a caller in her. Uh, I'll hang on for a couple of more minutes. Let's see. Calling in. Question mark. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what happened to my soundboard. It just doesn't work. Oh, okay. Having troubles connecting. Everybody's having trouble tech troubles. Just I don't know. Maybe this is the uh this is the first little indicators. Hey yeah. Somebody in the chat said it too. Says the onset of the alien invasion. That's you know the aliens start taking stuff down gradually. Like first, you know, you might uh like I'm experiencing here, maybe like uh, I'm trying to do some stuff with uh, sound bites and whatever, and then it just like all of a sudden stops working, strangely enough. And you're thinking, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened, but uh, now I'm starting to think, yeah, it, 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 aliens, they're just gradually taking down the infrastructure, taking down the grid. Just really not to spook anybody, but just kind of like, you know, it may starts out as like little technical glitches and so on. And then progresses into more and more. Next thing you know, you're, uh, I, I shouldn't even say this because I don't want this to happen. Like my refrigerator woke up, you get up and my refrigerator's down I, I, or stuff like that, you know. And then next thing you know, uh, your car won't start. And you're out in the morning and it's your windows are kind of fogged over. And then uh, you look out the back window that you kind of scraped off with that glove. You got a little bit of frost off there and you can see out. And then you see the, uh, the almond eyes and the gray face staring back at you. The aliens are here. We're fucked. <clears throat> Just creeping up, slowly creeping up, slowly creeping up, slowly creeping up. Slowly driving you crazy with this technical shit. Slowly driving you insane. Uh, little glitches, little hiccups. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right on. Let's see. We've got. Oh, right on. Hello. Hi there, Kelly. Hello. Is that working? Yeah, oh. I hear you. Um, I myself. Okay, That's yeah, fine. I did hear an echo, but I don't hear it now. Good. Sorry. Oh, hold on. Um. I've got a really bad echo here. Um. Oh man, I don't like 
Yeah, are you using headphones or are you using uh, No, I've got like... Hold on, I'll take this one. I've just had like total technical difficulties for about an hour. That's not good. Yeah, it's the... Uh... Yeah, I see Alien Invasion. It just started, and uh, that's how it that's how it starts. Slowly, gradually. Slowly, gradually. Your headphones disappear. It sounds like an echo, but it's the multiverse coming through. As a mean echo, I do. Kelly's calling from the multiverse. <laughs> And then telling me some bullcrap story that she's got speakers on, but I know that's not true. <laughs> it's about five different echoes. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I recognize the difference. With my trained ear of the multiverse reverberations <laughs> and the uh, <laughs> speaker reverberations. There is a difference. Wow, I hear myself like, Two seconds late, or like five seconds later. That's a, <laughs> a extensive delay. Is that coming through your uh, speakers or? I have no idea. No, I put the speakers off. Yeah, it might be some latency thing with Skype or something. Is it because of being in talk show and Skype? Yeah. Oh. Uh, if the audio is coming through your browser on TalkShoe, like right. you can go in there and mute it. That's probably what's going on. Is that what it is? Yeah, if you got the TalkShoe ah. window open, like go in there and uh, either shut out of that or uh, mute the that audio. I think that's it. Yeah, that's I'm... probably what was happening. That's why that was yeah. delay because it was coming through your. <laughs> browser and then out the speakers. All right. It was like uh, just echoing about like five or six times. Um, I just really don't know anything about talk show or like I would have uh, spoke last week, but I just didn't really know how to connect <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're on now. So you're calling now. from Scotland. Is that correct? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would um, be able to stay awake because it's like half past three. But um, I stayed awake, and then just as um, it was about to start, my system just like lost connection for about an hour. I don't know why. So, oh, it's like half past. I missed this. I missed wow. the start. What you were talking about. Oh, I was just talking about, uh, I got a video someone sent me about uh, the army recruitment ad where they're mm -hmm. talking about alien invasion and all that. All right. And I was just wondering, like, uh, yeah, what's going on with that? Some kind of predictive programming. They're trying to get everybody kind of used to the idea. I don't know. Yeah, you about see them that, do it. I do think them? that if they did pull something like that, people would buy it. I do believe that. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that's uh, more. 
I don't know. Uh, it seems to be a kind of more popular idea over your way than what it is here, like UFOs and stuff. But um, no, it still is like uh, something people kind of. No, they don't talk about it as much here. I don't think it's like an American thing. You know? I think more of an American sort of a story. You know. Um. But the army were using that. Yeah, maybe it's just using pop culture to recruit people because that's definitely something that they do. Yeah. I was at the mall one time and uh, they had an army recruitment uh, office down there. Yeah. And they had a big lobby. It's pretty fancy and they had big screen TVs in there. Yeah. And they had, right. uh, what's the name of that movie with <coughs> the robots that turn into cars and they turn back into robots like and they turn Transformers or something? Transformers? Or- yeah, they were showing that. Oh, my in God. The, in the uh, army recruiter. But I see, um, I, one place I seen army recruitment that I thought, like, that's just, you know, it's out of order was... Um, like the job center, like where people go and like if you're unemployed, you go like maybe every week, every fortnight and just like talk about how you've like looked for work and stuff. And I noticed that they're there a lot like trying to get the young fellas' attention, obviously. Um, in a little office like, and uh, so it's like the government office there, kind of there. Praying, praying on people. <laughs> if you're a robot, right, and then you're <laughs> some kind of high-tech robot that can fly through the air, because I'm mm. looking at that, it's like, okay, they mm-hmm. can fly in the air. Yeah. Why do you need to change into a car? <laughs> I know. It's you a just bit fly like... it and say, oh, that's to disguise yourself amongst the population. It's like, well, just fly above the cloud cover. Or just fly high <laughs> enough where they can't tell that you're a robot. That's right. quite um, it's faster it's to quite, fly. It's quite know. strange how the army do their recruit. But no, I think it's really that's terrible actually. But it's that demographic of I would think. Now I know older dudes are into that stuff too, but. Uh, the demographic typically is like teenagers. Yeah. And, I thought it was in, yeah, in, interesting, a point that I heard you making a couple of times, and it's like um, the kind of timeline where you noticed that there were certain films and ideas that would have coincided with like army age, school even age, 9-11 sort of like happening, so it was like like, I think it would have been about my age group because I was maybe about 21 when it happened. Like, maybe a little bit younger. But um, certain films and stuff were uh, really kind of relevant to uh, anti sort of uh, Islamic sort of thing. I think it was. And it just like coincided that people would have like seen that when they were younger and then. Um, and just as they were coming of the, the the right age for to 
like join an army kind of thing, then that sort of happened to nine eleven. Well, yeah, we we went over that uh, before. With uh, there's this documentary that's called uh, "Real yeah. uh, Bad Arabs," you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and goes into that uh, about how you would see like Disney cartoons mm-hmm. and films, even going back, you know, pretty far. But uh, you know, it was in the uh, let's see the the nineties. I mm-hmm. remember there were like some Disney films that came out and like the, you know, there was like, like a series of these and there was different ones. And there was like some other, other, other movies, films and stuff that came out. And, uh, so what's another one that comes to mind? There's like a Schwarzenegger, uh, yeah, going back was there not one and that, um, documentary, like the King and I think it was called something like that. It was like, the King and I, that went like right back, like, I don't know, um, I, like it was showing you just like the sort of characterisation. There's um, a documentary by that same, by the same people that made that, that shows you the same kind of thing if you, like how they characterise Latino people. I can't remember the name of it again. Uh, uh, I can't remember, but it's like done by that same same people that done the real bad Arabs one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it would have been targeted at a certain age group. Obviously, if it's cartoons coming out of Disney, then it's going to be you know targeted at uh, yeah younger like, younger. Uh, yeah, it's just like the continual ideas and like. Sort of uh, like you can take it as an. I, I, I notice a lot just like the ideas that Disney gives, like we we women, if you know what I mean, like young girls about princesses and stuff. You know, it's like it's not good at all. Um, but yeah, you could totally analyse it. And uh, the, uh, the, that company, I think their name. The Media Education Foundation, I think something like that, and they like analyse all sorts of um, things like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I've seen the alien stuff. I think it's like, uh, let me. Some people are commenting in the comments section. Uh, yeah, they were they've, they've gone on with the alien stuff for for a long time. Even since like the fifties, there was like a lot of alien invasion themes and films. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On ongoing, I mean that's kind of been a regular thing. Yeah, they did, they, they did like, that radio thing or something once. Yeah, the War of the Worlds that that was yeah. uh, even prior to that. Uh, All right, trying to remember when that was. Uh, that was like in the forties. That that uh, is a is a uh, it's pretty much a staple as far as uh, the you know quote unquote entertainment goes. But I you know yeah, I think it's like a metaphor analogy for you know just the, the the concept of uh being invaded and then you can kind of swap out you know the alien for whoever the boogeyman of the day happens to be which is the yeah. arabs you know or or what have you but uh yeah it's kind of science fiction and terror and 
the combination of both, and then. Uh, well, but you do, do everything now with that um, that video technology. Like I'm just sort of learning about that. At the moment it's uh, like l- looking into a lot of Sunday night and stuff, watching thousands of videos probably, um, and never really clicking on to it. And then when when I seen that um, September close again, and I had like sort of fiddled around with like a graphics thing, so I knew what like it looked like to be cut, like the cut and paste sort of a thing. And, and it's just like right, that is that is how it was done, like that. Like I had kind of notions before, but it was never like I think it might be this or that or whatever. I still didn't know what it was. And then right away, you're just like that is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a. Um, you've seen the movie Independence Day, right? Um, I no, I um, I think I don't know if I've seen it or not. I'm not like not a big movie watcher, really. Well, that that came out I think around the mid '90s, and then again, that would have been. You know, an alien invasion, science fiction, mm-hmm. and that would appeal to, you know, young boys, prop more more geared toward young boys. That that's those sort of themes, yeah. and then military, of course, incorporated in with that. And then that was about a alien invasion, and then you look at the aliens that were depicted in this film. I mean, they they have this sort of uh, head shape that looks sort of like a turban. Right. It's interesting if you look at that. It's like, right. yeah, that, 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 and you take it side by side with uh, the, the typical kind of Middle Eastern terrorna- terrorist mm-hmm. with the turban on and all that. It's like, yeah, it's definitely reminiscent of, of that in a way, you know. And, yeah. And you can say, well, maybe that's coincidental or stuff. But then you look throughout the film and it's like, Oh, the president was an ex-pilot, and then he he uh, is you know leading up the world against this alien invasion of this threat, and then uh, you know he has his uh, rousing speech through uh, uh, a megaphone, actually, nice. and then and then you go back and do a side-by-side comparison with the events of 9-11 and you got all the same imagery you got all the same right. themes you got like the the top-down destruction of towers and landmarks mm-hmm. and stuff and and then you have like reporters on 9-11 uh invoking independence day the movie they said i was on the yeah. scene and it looked yeah. like uh the movie independence day and it's like yeah, that movie Independence Day was a bit of predictive programming to condition people's minds for the events of 9-11. And it came out around the time when, uh, you know, it, it, it especially appealing to that uh, sort of teenage demographic mm-hmm. of young boys and stuff that are kind of like uh, would be like really into that sort of thing, that sort of theme, you know. And then mm-hmm. they would have been war fighting age by the time, you know, the events, the so-called events of 9-11 came out. It's like, yeah, look at the timing of it. Look at the coordination that, of it. Like look at it, the, must, the, it must have been the, a massive surge. Um, a wee bit here, 
But um, I imagine in America, like, would have been really the big, like, a big surge people, like, signing up. Like, there would be no, like, need to run Transformers rooms in the mall when now you're living at lots of people would have signed up. Um, just off of the, that happening, I, I expect. Well, they claim officially that there wasn't a a dramatic upsurge in recruitment oh after nine eleven, but uh, I I tend to doubt that because I've heard mm-hmm. people say that. So I joined the military yeah, right after nine eleven. I heard a lot of people say that. Like I joined the military right after nine eleven. I talked to a dude one time. He said he went down that same day, went to the recruiter, and <laughs> signed to the military right away. He said he was he was in the military like he was in the next day or right after nine eleven. He was in in the army. It's strange as well. We like him. Um, you can like sometimes realize a little sort of a something like a new kind of angle and things. And um, I, I watched something a couple of weeks ago, and a woman was saying that you know how there's a big like or another Pearl Harbor to go into this like the new American section. Well, if they had just done like the towers. Then it wouldn't. It had to have an extra thing that was the like hitting at the military side. So that's where where like the Pentagon, like uh, was providing that new American century. Like that was the military being. Like it would have just been uh, a couple of like financial buildings. Like do you know? Do you know what I mean? And so she was kind of saying if they hadn't added, like, the Pentagon as, like, and then it wouldn't have had that military sort of edge that they were after kind of thing, even though it wasn't maybe the, the most spectacular or whatever. Well, yeah, I think that, um, that uh, there's so much out there that you can point to just overwhelming i mean you could just point to all this different stuff that so many people were in the know well we just talked about not too long ago about prince going on stage and saying yeah some of is gonna drop a bomb that's my time hit me and then you had the yeah the project for the new american century they said uh yeah you know we got this uh geopolitical situation here uh yeah. we got the bad people over here we got this over here you know know one thing that that, you know one thing that would kind of bring everything into focus and to help us along quite nicely would be a be a new pearl harbor style event to kind of rally everybody against our (laughs) cause and then yeah right too long after that you know 9-11 happened you got that to point to i mean you got all this different stuff that you could point out and then the predictive programming in these films yeah and there, there was, was another a, uh, a strange thing that I picked up. Um, it was a uh, issue of the Council on Foreign Relations. Like I think it's maybe a monthly sort of magazine thing that they put out, and it's a way back something like um, nineteen ninety six or seven. I'll try, I'll try and find it because I had to look this up. But um, there was two different articles written and one of them was written by the uh, Zelikow guy that was the head of the commission and it was all like about 
um, mass terrorism and how it might like attack like um, like <laughs> like really key big American buildings or something like that. And then there was another article in the same edition that's like going on about Bin Laden, and uh, it's like these two things. Like, re- like no, that is that is I don't know what it is, but that's not, that is not coincidental. It's like him and all about how um, this sort of uh, it was basically. It's like it's kind of going. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> it's not like that. If you knew, I don't know. It's hard to say, like that you're looking into something too much, or you're not. Or, but just, these two stories that were like just basically describing what's going to happen. Well, yeah, as if they have some kind of crystal ball they can see into the future, exactly. or something like that. If people really believe that. I don't. I don't know what's wrong with them, but. Yeah, I, I, it, you know, you, you can you could compile all these examples <laughs> where yeah. you know it's, it's obvious that they you know because that that's the common like back to what I was talking about earlier that's the common reputation of uh you know you talking about anything being a conspiracy it's like well certainly if this was something that was in the plan for years somebody at least one person would have come out talked about it mm-hmm. spoke out it's like yeah well how many examples do you want yeah and they said, well no that- they didn't talk about specifically about um, <laughs> hijackers with box cutters so, so oh so you mean you need to you need to have somebody give you concise detail about what exactly is going to happen <laughs> you know before you yes. think that there's something up with that it's like yeah how brain dead do you have to be I- but you know it's like uh it's just so obvious though and lots then, of people you know, that's... believe in people that can tell the future and psychics. Like, there's yeah, lots maybe of in that. So, what people actually believe that so uh, there's something out there like psychic ability or something. Yeah, the, and only the these people have business. it. They're in the certain positions, you know. That also, the positions that are going to benefit from it, you know, just happen to also be uh, in in positions to actually conduct something like that, but also have be in a position actually come out a beneficiary of it and they also uh, just happen to have uh, psi- uh, psychic abilities to foretell yeah. what's going to happen and be prepared for it. And also, you know, uh, didn't the stock market, uh, a bunch of short sell options on airlines and stuff happen right around but 9-11. Like and then a mass financial sort of a thing. Stuff like that happened and then, yeah, but that's, but, you know, goes back to what i was talking about earlier too about you get you coming up on an election and you get people that will uh start uh taking sides on oh are you for trump are you for trump kelly mm-hmm. or are, you, are you gonna vote for donald trump truth like uh <laughs> do a absentee don't, scott scottish people can vote american elections i think you have to get some kind of absentee ballot or something like that <laughs> vote. i don't know i'm just making sure that's up, really but. Uh, but that, but what I'm saying is that, yeah, is any of that going to be brought up about the um, obvious scam that 9-11 was? Is anybody going to bring any of that up during this election and say, yeah, that was obviously a scam. They obviously knew about it ahead of time. There's obviously all this 
foreshadowing out there, even in the media and everywhere else, and the Council on Foreign Relations and everybody else seemed to know this was going to happen, and Prince knew it was going to happen, and can't ask him about it now because he's dead. But it's like, you know, it's it, does any of that enter into any of the discussion? No, it's it's like, oh, well, what are you going to do about the the the, ter- the Muslim terrorism? That's that's the question, and that's mm-hmm. that's what you got to address mm-hmm. and answer and, and debate yeah. about. And then you'll have was- then you have people who are like privy to a lot of this stuff about you know the the chicanery and stuff and don't believe the official story of nine eleven, and they still talk about I, the terrorism threat as if it's a real thing mm-hmm. and it's a real policy issue and they're behind Should Trump I and it's like, comment? man, <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I was reading something earlier on and these things hate, um, it was about that video about that guy with the dog that he trained to be a Nazi. I think that, I don't, as far as I can see, the guy got arrested and stuff and it's this hate crime stuff, it's really strange, uh, um, it's been put, put over as like all different sorts of things but it's like there's no um, reason for these at all, these laws and they've kind of been introduced like a blanket, like they've been introduced in Europe and in America and um, like there was laws in place to cover these Things. It's like specifically covering people who are, um, if it's a race matter, if it's a transgendered person, if it's a disabled person, or like just like someone who's like gay or whatever, and or religion, religion as well. And and they're going on like about hate speech and how they need to like take away a sort of a extremist. Rhetoric. That's where do you hear an extremist rhetoric? It's coming from the the same people. So it's like I was reading uh, the government UK site, and it's like report hate speech or something. So I think I might like report them to them <laughs> to themselves because they're the worst. And um, a bit like the disabled people and stuff. Like they've got like. It, Around about a couple of years ago, it was just really bad. All the sort of uh, things that were on TV, articles, um, newspaper, like, should we, should they get benefits or are they, like, faking it for... And um, it it was really, really bad. And that, that was all instigated from, like, the media. You can see if there was any thing like a hate crime or anything like what they're talking about, it's them that would have put it in place. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh... With with all the the hate crime bullshit. Yeah, it's, uh... It's a bunch of nonsense. It's just obviously some tool to, to, yeah, to, you know, manipulate people and get people afraid. And just of the like, government and their arbitrary bullshit. We got a uh, South Texas on the on the line. I don't hear anything. Hello, can you hear me? The South Texas. Yep. I'm Sean in South. My name is South Texas. Austin, Texas. Back there in Middle Texas. 
this uh, caller, otherwise known as Sean. Yeah. So how's it? How's it going, man? How's uh, how's Austin? And it stopped raining. You've been getting a lot of rain, man. We got a lot of rain here, and yeah, it just oh, stopped yeah. a couple of days ago, actually. But it's just everything's just still so freaking a lot of yeah, rain. Yeah, I got to work out in that shit. So yeah, yeah, it rained a lot about a month. Yeah, about a month so straight. Rain. Wow. Yeah, not sunny and warm. That's how I like it. Well, so what were you talking about before I called in and interrupted? Uh, we were talking about uh, hate crimes. Oh. Yeah, I don't understand the law. I don't know what it's... I don't either. Yeah. Well, here's the thing um, about it. It's like, especially with this hate crimes bullshit, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's like... People will point out, I think, you know, say, well, yeah, you can't talk bad against Jews. You get in trouble. So that means the Jews run things. But then, no, you can't talk. What was that guy doing? Like, Kelly, he was like, had a video about, like, he trained his girlfriend's dog to salute Hitler and shit. Yeah, to the act to when he said, like, he was going, he said, like, gas the Jews. And when he said that, like, it was almost like, like, when you say, what, uh, what walkies or whatever, like, or biscuits from dogs, like, react to that word. And it was like he must have trained it to just react to gas the Jews. Yeah, he, like, trained the dog to, he would say, and, gas the Jews or something like that, and then the dog would maybe be taking like, a nap, and, it, it and then went, the dog it, would it, snap It went out of his way to, like, like say, was it being racist? It's just the laugh, you know? Like, Oh, yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was, pretty I humorous it was funny. myself but um, I thought it was funny. so supposedly the guy got arrested for it and all that but you know so what so you make fun of hitler and the hot you make fun of hitler and you go to jail but see i i mean i don't i don't know if i doubt that i, I think maybe the guy did I know go to what jail you mean, but you i know. think i think the reasoning the 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 sort of thing behind it and i think it this even goes back to um the the age of like kings and royalty and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. just it's just like you would you you can you know you read stories or hear about yeah they would it, it's 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 ar- it's arbitrary decisions it's like caprice yeah. it's like I... um you know you you're you're talking you're talking you're in the king's court or whatever and you say something and you're like well fuck what did I say I did it wasn't even I, it I... wasn't even out of characteristic about anything but you no know, I'm getting my fucking head chopped off and it's like I don't mm-hmm. know why it's like well that's rule by terror that's how. Yeah. That's how you instill terror into people. And that's like the same shit with this. It's like, damn, I mean, I don't know what I could say. I, I mean, I was freaking making fun of Hitler and I get in trouble. Yeah. It's like, I, I didn't, I thought it was okay to make fun yeah, of Hitler, but I didn't do it in the right way. And I said, I guess I said Jews when I was making fun of Hitler. So I'm making fun of Jews. It's like, there's, but there's no logic to it. But see, no, there doesn't, I, that's the point. It's like, it, that's the point of all of this. That's the point yeah. of, and, and people like get so fucking hung up on race. 
It's not just race. It's everything in the fucking system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you walk mm-hmm. across the fucking street without the light on and you go to fucking jail or you get a beat down or you get tased. And I've been talking about this over and over. That's the fucking law. I mean, mm-hmm. like you get hung up on one aspect of it, like race, crime, hate crime. Mm-hmm. And then people will fucking latch on to that with fucking everything they got and fucking cling to it and just talk on and on and on about race. This, no, it's the fucking law. Period. It's a fucking law mm-hmm. in general. It's like yeah. if you're a white boy, you walk against the light, you can get tased, you can get beat down by a fucking maniac cop. It's like that mm-hmm. is the fucking law. You yeah. say something good about Hitler, you go to jail. Say something bad about Hitler. You, you, you walk, you, you ride with your seatbelt. Seatbelt's not against the law. Like around here, it's like, but it is against the law, whatever. You go to jail, so if you resist, you get beat down, whatever. That's, that's the law. It's got to be mm-hmm. arbitrary. It's got to be nonsensical. It gets progressively more nonsensical as it goes. And then, and then it gets to the point where just people live in fear of quote unquote authority because it's like, it's just like the king of old. It's like, man, I don't even know what I said, but I'm getting my head chopped. It's like, you see that guy get his head chopped off? It's like, fuck, what do you do? It's like, well, you, you keep your head down and you shut the fuck up. And you watch yourself because you're, you're, it's a reign of, it's, it's a reign of terror. That's what it's about. It's like keeping everybody off kilter, keeping everybody scared, keeping everybody terrified. It doesn't matter if it happens to be something you said about Jews or even you might have said something bad about, it doesn't matter. Oh, you said something bad about a Muslim. Well, that's bad too. You said something bad about Muslim or you are a Muslim and then, oh, I am a Muslim. Well, that's bad too. It's like, does it make any damn sense? Absolutely not. That's the point. That is the whole point. And it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with race or protecting. If you think that those laws <laughs> yeah, are there to protect a certain race, you're fucking gone. You, you, you ain't got any goddamn sense. Because I don't care what race. There's no race is being protected by this. It's not even the objective or the goal. Or, or It's not to protect the sensibilities of women. The, fem- the feminism horseshit has nothing mm-hmm. to do with any of this. It's about... It's about the arbitrary nature of the law. It's about keeping people afraid. And the more this shit progresses, and that's what 9-11, I think, was all about. And, and, and progressing and ramping this up is to have more, have a climate of like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to do. I don't even know anymore and keep from getting in fucking trouble. I don't know because it's so arbitrary and capricious and, and ridiculous. That, yeah, you can go to jail anytime for anything for not even knowing you put a Twitter thing out and you get fired from your fucking job and destroy your career. Then that, I, and that shit, I believe is happening. I think so. And too. I believe that is, that is how the fucking quote unquote law works. And mm-hmm. that is the only place it can go is to more and more arbitrary, more and more nonsensical, more and more capricious, more and more absolute fucking over the top ridiculous bullshit. And then the more people accept it and go along with it and never, and then, you know, especially just get fucking just hamstrung and hung up on race and shit like that, where it's like side diversions and issues. And they never point their finger at the very premise that never gets examined, which is like authority itself. It's like, is this even legitimate at all? I know. Is the constitution even real? Powdered wig men or (laughs) powdered wig men real? It's like nobody ever asked powder, if powdered wig men are real. That's just automatically powdered wig men are real, and we're supposed That's to all right. believe in them. That's right. Or they'll just be like blaming exactly the 
stupid story that they've been given to blame. Like, it's immigrants' fault that all this is, like, going nuts. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly what they've been told to do, and you're like, no, but who's, like, I don't know. It's, like, it's really strange, but I noticed, like, a really crazy, like, law thing when um, there was riots in, like, London, maybe, I don't know, about five years ago, and it was around about the time when there was, like, that financial sort of, whatever that was, 2008 or something, and there was those uh, big sort of looting riots and um, stores and that in London, and, like, folk that had just been walking about and, like, they must have got a wee bit caught up in whatever was going on, but, like, I'm talking about people that took, like, a can of juice or, you know what I mean, like, really, they got, like, made an example of, and they got, like, a couple of months or something in, like, jail time. And, like, there's all these, like, working-class people that had got, and they were all, like, given really, really, like, hard, like, sentences, considering what it happened. But then not one person was ever, ever even, like, uh, Accused of being arrested, even sacked from the job when they done that big financial thing swindle in two thousand and eight. Well, you know, I could yeah. probably go on and on, yeah, yeah, for for an hour about stuff like that. It's like, well, here's just an example. There's a guy that had a business and he went down to a particular island, I think maybe in the Bahamas or something. He he trapped lobsters. He brought mm-hmm. him back to sell, and he had a, like a little nice little business going for himself. And then, like one day, you know, he gets inspected by the uh, feds. Mm-hmm. Oh, your container, your lobster container, is not the right container for this particular lobster. And he says, "What are you talking about? I've been doing this for you know fifteen years." He said, "Well, this you have an improper container." So he goes, he starts going through the procedure. He hires attorneys and stuff. The attorneys are like trying to, hey, what the hell is this law that governs this and stuff? There's a law in fucking Puerto Rico. Doesn't even it's not even it doesn't even applicable. Whatever, but that's what he was in violation of. Shut down his business, tied him up in court, ruined his business, ruined his life, destroyed mm-hmm. his fucking life, and everything like that. It's like, does okay? Did he say something racist? Did he say something? Is it speciesist to trap lobsters? It has anything to do with protecting lobsters or protecting Jews or no? It's just the fucking law. Period. Yeah. It's like it's like these ridiculous hate crimes laws and stuff. It doesn't have zero zip zilch nodded to do with race. I I guarantee fucking to you has zero well, to do with race. Epic. It's just something that something that people can viscerally attach stuff to. You know, it's like it's like it's emotional. It's it's, it's emotional. It's it's something that like people can reflexively react to. It's like oh, you said something. That maybe hurt somebody's feelings, or you did something like that. And yeah. people, people can it resonates with people or stuff like that. But <laughs> but the idea that anything out there is in place to actually protect anybody from anything, like <laughs> getting their feelings hurt or anything like that, absolutely not. That's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's the way the law operates. You violate the damn lobster case. Whether you're hurting the fucking lobsters to do anything. Uh, did it have any consequence or bearing on anything at all whatsoever? Absolutely fucking not. But it's just, they can come in, they can shut your ass down, they can throw you in jail, and then the the pretext for it can be just absolutely fucking absurd to the extreme. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. That's that's the whole point. That is the point of it. It needs to be it needs to be ridiculous. It needs to be extremely absurd. And you need to have the plane come in to the building and out the fucking other side. It needs mm-hmm. to be that way so people acquiesce to it. And then when you acquiesce to it and you defer to it, you're so utterly mind fucked. It's unbelievable oh, yeah, at sure. that point. It's like you think a fucking plane is going to go one side of the building and out the other. It's like you're a fucking retard. You're an idiot. You're a moron. Every pejorative in the book I can think of. But people believe that because the government told them and the government's in charge. And not only do they tell you when to jump and how high, but they'll tell you the very basic fundamentals of reality. And they'll and they'll present to you something that goes absolutely contrary to that. But when you accept it, you're more you're more enslaved mentally than you ever were before. When you accept something that absurd on that level. We got uh, Southern California on uh, on the line. I should change my uh, dialect, but uh, hey, hey man, uh, Southern like Southern Southern California is like on the call. <laughs> Southern California, hello. Oh, your Oklahoma accent fits perfect out here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is a lot of Okies out there. When's the last time you went anywhere in Southern California, John, and and had fried okra on the menu? Ever? Oh, what are you talking about, dude? South Central, the black joints? They got fried okra on the menu with the catfish and the... Um, oh, yeah, that's right. puppies. Dang, I'm yeah, my, mouth, my mouth is watering right now. I didn't have the internet. That sounds that sounds really good. I could I could eat like a big thing of fried okra right now for sure. Some catfish. Just don't just don't ask for the fried okra. Ah, uh, no, I would not consider that. That's, uh, that's something different. Fried, fried Oprah. No, I I'll pass. So what's 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 the haps, man? What it do? I'm just, I'm just listening. I was um, I was away. I was away from the house for a couple of days, and I just heard about the gorilla shooting. Yeah, I did hear about that. Looks a little, looks a little bit strange. I didn't really look at it. I did. Did you watch the video of a uh, gorilla getting shot? Or was there one? Um, no, there's a lot of stuff missing. You know, that's the that's an interesting thing about this uh, story. This story is. You don't really see how the kid gets down into the gorilla thing. You don't see a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm going to have to look into this a little bit. It's kind of a kind of an interesting um, story that I, I immediately, when I did see it, the, the first thing that popped into my mind is that it was a fake story. I don't usually think about that type of an, an event like that. 
as being fake because I know gorillas do escape from the zoo. I actually know people who um, who were around when a gorilla escaped from the LA Zoo. Obviously, I can't verify firsthand that they, you know, can, but I do believe them. And uh, they did have the freeway shut down when the gorilla escaped from the LA Zoo. Yeah, stuff um, escapes from the zoo, man. They had a hippo escape from the zoo out in San Diego, and it got underneath a, like some kind of drainage underneath the. They had a hell of a time getting them out. It was like a juvenile hippo. It was kind of a smaller one. And uh, well, who the hell? I mean, what animal wants to be locked up in a damn zoo? I mean, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but but yeah, there. You know, this is a distraction. Thing, obviously, whatever it is. Um, but it's an interesting thing in light of evolution because what they're, what the arguments that are being kind of laid out is, you know, that the mom should have been, you know, responsible for the child, whether it's a fake inst- instance or not. I don't know, but, but the narrative that's being played out is the mom needs to be held responsible for the child and she's not being held responsible and they want to there there are people actually mindlessly calling for the lady to be prosecuted for the murder of the gorilla what <laughs> oh yeah yeah people are <laughs> yeah wanting her to go to jail for murder like how do you get how do you get murder charges for killing the gorilla but she didn't kill the gorilla right no, the 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 uh, zoo people killed them, right? Yes, but they're saying, but people are mindlessly saying that if she had, if she hadn't have, you know, if she was watching her child correctly, then he wouldn't have fell into the gorilla pit, and then they wouldn't have had to shoot the gorilla, and it's her fault. So, whatever. I think it's I right now just first. First, um, first notion is that it's, it looks like a fake thing, but um, either way, it's being used to kind of bring about this kind of argument of you know it, it's a it's a it's a tragedy, um, and it's interesting when um, when I get to go places where there's TV. And just to see how much horrible news there is on the television, and I'm so glad I don't watch TV. Oh, I don't know how people keep from just going insane watching that shit. Because, uh, yeah, I was at I was I can't remember where I was, but the, the Fox News was on, and uh, oh, it's over at my buddy's house. I was standing there. I was. Uh, TV was on and I was looking at Fox News and it was like just one horrible thing after the other. I was like, what the fuck, man? It's just like, if you look at that, you would think that there's just nothing but just murder, chaos, and people plotting murder and people just, just nothing but bad shit going on nonstop. There was another thing that caught my attention that there's a show on TV called Modern Family. I guess it's an old show, 
that I'm not aware of. But it has like, you know, gay parents on it. Right? Okay. So it's it's a modern family. It's not, you know, modern. It's got, you know, all of these um, splintered families and modern ways of living. And guess what channel it's on? Uh, where does it, where does it, uh, I'm looking it up. American broad, ABC, American broadcasting company. Yeah, that's what it originally came out on, but this, it's syndicated on Fox. Oh, is that right? And you know how Fox syndicates the TV shows locally? Yeah, yeah. So it was funny because I, I could I could see the TV, but I couldn't hear the sound where I was at. And I'm just watching it from a distance. And it literally goes from Sean Hannity to an episode of Modern Family. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm all, wait a minute, this doesn't fall into the right-wing programming here, which, you know, but then remember how we talked about how modernism was universal? Yeah, yeah. So, I just I just thought that was an interesting little thing that I saw on TV there where um, uh, the people who believe so wholeheartedly in their wonderful Fox, their Christian, America-loving Fox News is syndicating Modern Family. What does it say here about it? Uh, told from the perspective of an unseen documentary filmmaker, the series offers honest, often hilarious perspective of family life. Parents, Phil and Claire, yearn for an honest, open relationship with their three kids, but a daughter who is trying to grow up too fast, another who is too smart for her own good, and a rambunctious young son make it challenging. Claire's dad, Jay, and his Latino wife, Gloria, are raising two sons together. But people sometimes believe Jay and Gloria's father, uh, Jay to be Gloria's father. Uh, Jay's gay son, Mitchell, and his partner, Cameron, have adopted a little Asian girl, completing one big, straight, gay, multicultural, traditional, happy family. So, yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, it's across the board, and it was, it was talking about that, how you have, I mean, this coming about, probably within the last, what would you say, man? I mean, really ramping up in the last 10 years, yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, it's across the board. It's like everybody is on board. Everybody's on, on topic. Everybody's on script. Fox News is on script. And everybody else is on script. It is. It, it, it's interesting because you know there's things that you can that you and I have gone gone into the past about, but we never actually experienced them firsthand. And uh-huh. it's it's so interesting to see this cultural shift taking place firsthand, actually seeing people shift into a different mindset, a different culture and not notice it whatsoever, you know, not be 
aware of it at all, that their opinions, that their ideas, that the music that they listen to, any of that stuff has, one, changed, and two, um, totally molds the way that they look at the world. And, um, yeah, I've, it, it's in, in the past 10 years, or actually less than that, you know, become myself becoming more cognitively aware of those changes going on. Um, it's just really interesting to actually be aware of the change happening and then seeing it take place in society. And um, I think one of the things that you and I have talked about before, but it is definitely um, relevant, is because both you and I have watched uh, politics for quite a while, is when Obama came into the presidency and to see liberals take on the exact same ideas that the right-wingers were promoting under George Bush and totally flipped and everything became okay. That was another interesting switch is to actually see people say, you know, well, now that Obama's, you know, the warmonger in chief, um, now, now war is good because Obama's running the war. So it's a good war now. But before George Bush was, you know, evil and the most evil person ever who ever lived. And it's because he went to war, right? I think what people's perceptions were when Obama took office and then he didn't end the wars was, it was like, uh, I think what, what was being presented was, uh, yeah, Obama was against the war, but once he got to be president and he got to, uh, conferring with his council, he saw the, he saw the, uh, the seriousness of the Muslim threat and changed his mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like any, any excuse will do apart from what's actually reality. If you know what I mean? Any sort of explanation for something like that, apart from just saying, like, exactly what it was. Like, he's going to talk shit until he gets that job and then... <laughs> that's the name of the game sort of thing yeah so we didn't we don't trust we don't trust we didn't trust Bush but if Obama is on board if he if he's in line with it then it then it must be a good cause now and we kind of we all need to change our minds about it because <laughs> we, we need to come to terms yeah. with how you see how the war see how the war lined up with all the cultural changes Like how how so like uh with well well you you, you look at the cult when when you you know you and I both agree that it's um it's about ten years that the cultural shift started yeah it started and really getting it, ramped up yeah about ten years ago yeah and then the war started two years you know, officially started two years before that. 
Uh-huh. Right. So it, t- so it takes a little time for the cultural to sh- shift to kick in after the war because, you see, people don't realize in the course of a war, all, all of the things that have to do with the war that get put into entertainment and music or, you know, um, movies and music and things like that. So that affects things in a, uh, for lack of a better word, in a cybernetic fashion, right? Uh-huh. Whereas there's not a direct correlation to where you could say, like, um, the war in Iraq caused people to be more accepting of gay people, but in a cybernetic fashion, it did because it kicked off many different cultural shifts and changes and reasons for things to, to like a snowball. And that's what we've talked about in the past before is that war kicks off cultural change. Right. So, I mean, think, think about this. How, um, how long have people been talking about gays in the military? Uh, Big Clinton right? was talking about it, wasn't he? Right. So, it's, it's good for... Um, so what, what they're essentially saying is, is we want to allow gay people to 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 come in and um, you know be able to go kill themselves and more. We want to put women on the front line, right? Yeah, we want equal opportunity for everybody to get, go get their ass shot off and uh, fight for freedom. So. This creates a discussion. It brings up all sorts of things in the aggregate, women's issues, gender issues, gay issues, and it's all done through the discussion of war. Right, right. Yeah, I see Mm -hmm. what you're saying. There doesn't even have to be a war either. Not necessarily. So it's the idea that, oh, yeah, if there was a war you did have to go, then are we going to allow transsexuals to be in the military or, or whatever it is? And so the war itself becomes a vehicle for the cultural change. Right. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, because there's this also a, a sort of a sense of urgency around it, right? Because it's war. Yeah, well, also, too, you got to realize that if you're playing both sides, then without a war, you don't have any reason to oppose anything. So you need a war to create an opposition to something, and the opposition to something is usually, you know, the, the way that it's set up here is that the traditional values are being protected by the war, and the opposite of traditional values are opposing that war. And so the left-wing and liberal ideas line up against, you know, line them, align themselves with the gender and, you know, uh, gay topics. And the, the left-wingers 
believe themselves to be anti-war for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes connected with the idea of being anti-so-called traditional values, which most people think that from that perspective, that war is good, but it's good. We got to go, you know, keep those people from coming over here and destroying our way of life when your, your way of life is being destroyed culturally through the perpetuation of the idea of war, which is causing the change. Yeah. One direct observable outcome of that is like when you have like all these men, mainly men, I mean, there's now it's, you know, of course there's females and stuff that get, uh, send off, they join the army or they join the Marines or whatever, and they get sent off to, you know, war. And then it's like in the, in the process, it's like, okay, who's taking care of your children? Who's raising them? Who's taking care of them and stuff? You basically have, have rendered them parentless, you know? And that's the social, I mean, the, the, uh, the, the damage comes through that. It's like this, you know, breaking down the, that family, taking the, taking that family apart. And, uh, you know, a lot of the thing about people in the military too. And then I, I seen a lot of this when I was in there, you know, you know, it'd be a lot, a lot of divorce, a lot of, uh, career military guys are at least on their third marriage. Most of them, at least their third, you know, or, or, you know, in the process of divorce or, yeah. So it's, um, so that, yeah, that's the, that's the issue with the military and stuff. Well, yeah. How are you going to maintain a relationship and have, you know, one, one of the, one of the partners off, uh, in some foreign country, like a good majority of the time, this doesn't work out. Yep, well, the, the interesting thing about this cultural shift that we're living through for the last 10 years is that you can always rehash old stuff. And it, was, it was interesting. I, I, I saw some footage, allegedly, and uh, something else happened where Allegedly, something somebody got shot at UCLA. Uh-huh. And, and they shut down the school, and they had the police out there with the AKs sticking them in people's faces and making them put their heads down and hold it, right? Right. And so this is allegedly all going on, and... Um, so everybody... A lot of young people right now are completely scared out of their minds. There are a lot of a lot of millennials who believe that you know there's terrorists coming to get you, and there's people who are going to shoot up your store that you're working at. And um, you know, there's Adam Lanzas on every street corner waiting to blow your kids up and the whole bit, right? So people right. are scared of all this stuff. That... And so 
also people are very accepting of change as well because it, it's comforting. This is another thing that's not talked about, and I know I'm kind of all over the map here, but the, but see, when, when you have this fluctuation through the terror, right, your your culture's changing in in this, you know, terror landscape that's being presented, even though it's fake, but it's being presented to you as real. So so your your comfort zone is is being um bombarded with this idea that you're under constant attack. And and the changes that are happening culturally are actually kind of comforting in a way to that because your norm your normal is gone. Right. Your norm your normal way of life has been disrupted. So now you're looking for change. You're looking for something new because that that old way that you used to know, well, that's that's where the terror is at. That's the, that's where all the scary stuff is. So people turn to all sorts of um, things, and not even like that they would engage in lifestyles themselves because you don't have to do that anymore. And instead, you can um, you can uh, live vicariously through entertainment. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, um, it kind of prepares the way for people to accept those cultural shifts. Because you, yeah, you, like you're saying, you you've taken the people's regular way of life and what they're expecting as far as being, you know, safe to go to a movie, safe to do this and that, and then you do away with that or you put some kind of uh, implied threat there and then you know you have um, this sort of uh, disconnect wanting to disconnect or distance from that so yeah that makes sense that that would open up uh, yeah another thing too I I saw this footage of this um and this was on a no agenda too, where this guy was some guy was coming to speak. So, so they have a they have a they have this guy who's going around talking, and he's like a gay right winger. Okay. Yeah. His name his name is Milo something or other. Sounds like a gay right winger. Okay, so he's a gay, he's a gay right winger and he likes Trump. Okay, uh-huh. and and so there was this person who was um, trying to block the entrance of them, you know, being able to get into the place where he was going to go speak. And uh, she, you know, uh, this this was a protester. She's screaming at the top of her lungs, you know, not trying not to let him in. And it's interesting to watch. You know these, and, and think about what these people are thinking—that they are re- that they are really fighting the man. Like when when these people get into these foundation-funded uh, radical groups that go out and protest, and um, you know, like the ones back in, and they look up to the people who were doing it back in the '60s. And so 
they have this uh, lifestyle that revolves around protesting and acting in a radical fashion. And these are people who literally live their entire lives in, in the academic system. They're, they're totally um, protected. And, and we've talked about this before, Chris, that most of the changes that come down culturally come from academia and the implementation of those changes through those people getting jobs in the culture industry. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so it'll be like a little badge of honor. Oh yeah. You know, I was, you know, I was at the, you know, whatever March, you know, way back when, and I marched for gay and lesbian rights or women's rights or abortion rights or whatever, whatever person's rights. And so I was, re- I was reading something recently. This is what kind of spurred me um, was I'm reading this Gregory Bates in a book where he's talking about how cybernetics works. And um, there's been other books that kind of talk about this too. I can't remember one offhand. I know that actually does talk about it is uh, the Aquarian Conspiracy by Marilyn Ferguson. Um, where there are people who are very aware that the cultural changes are happening and that the cultural and radical changes are occur- are occurring and that they are actually living through those changes. So the gen- so there are people out there who, who are taught that technique of understanding that they live in perpetual change. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that those people themselves are like, um, you know, the masters of that idea, but they are taught that technique of understanding that by you going out there and, you know, creating these protest marches or creating these radical movements or whatever, that you are causing the change that is going to, you know, cause a ripple effect that will come about 20 years later. Right. Okay, and so so there are people who are cognitively aware of that of that method of doing something. Right? It's like if if I'm raising my child and I'm aware of the fact that by raising this child to do something that they won't even understand until they're eighteen. Right, me, the parent, understands it, but the child doesn't. There are people out there who understand that method of implementation into culture. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's what we're seeing. What we're seeing the effect of of this change, like I said, don't, don't hate, I don't hate gay people, you know, or, um, you know, I understand that people get involved with those type of movements and those type of things because they they get tricked into the idea that that is fighting the man. 
they never asked themselves, like, how are you allowed to do that on a college campus? How is it that there's organizations all, if you go to a college campus, like if I go to one of the, one of the liberal colleges over here by where I live, there are going to be radical outposts all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's there's protests all the time at these at these colleges with the pre ready with the pre ready signs. They're all foundation funded. They're all like living in a liberal echo chamber over there. Now, now you couldn't have all of that protest and all of that radicalism if there wasn't something pushing up against it. And the pushing up against it is the the idea, and it is a false idea. There's an idea out there that the dominant culture in America is right-wing and Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I don't know how to explain this in a, in like the best of fashions, but see, there they're taught a myth that the majority of people out there live a traditional lifestyle and that it's part of their job to disrupt that and to, you know, do a social science restructuring. But nobody, for the most part, is is probably taught that the social science restructuring is something that's always been going on and that you and I have discussed this many times, that the idea of what is traditional way of life is not traditional in any shape or form, any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. It is only, it's the, it's only the other opposite side of, of the modern culture. It's not traditional. Yeah, because that's always a sliding scale, right? <clears throat> it's something yeah. that is is going to be relative to whatever the it's, it's it's always a moving target. So it's always going to be relative to whatever the cultural watermark happens to be at any given time. But still. The yeah, I know what you're saying. Where there's reference to something that may or may not even exist, may not even really exist in reality, or if it does exist, it exists only kind of uh, it academically, you know. Yeah, academically, and it there is a conscious awareness of cultural restructuring. The only thing that I'm trying to say is that I I do believe like when that the that there are people out there who like Gregory Bateson in his book, he's obviously aware of all this stuff. I've fi- found this book to be a pretty a pretty fascinating read as to how much inf- how much information this guy has about the way that culture and basically people's mind works. Uh-huh. So, so he's he's quite aware of it, and he is the creator of cybernetics. 
given the credit of creating cybernetics and um and uh but but see yeah that that's the one thing I think I think gets left out of the equation for either side, whether it's left wing or right wing or traditional or non traditional uh, when it comes to culture it's you're never you're never really taught that the side that you're trying to disrupt is not really traditional. You know, if you're radical, you're not taught that traditionalism is not really traditionalism in the first place. You're taught that oh, this is a traditional thing and it's it's bad. It was set, you know, it, it was a bad thing that was set up, and we need to change it to this thing that we're going to bring in. But you're not really taught that both sides are the exact same thing, because the the more the more we can you know analyze this stuff that you see on the news or whatever, but you know or here in the media, you know, gay rights this, black rights that, racist this, um, all of those issues, like have no like you were saying earlier. They have no bearing on the ult- on the ultimate idea whatsoever. They're li- they are yeah they're vehicles. They're vehicles for delivering change. Change is the main idea. Constant fluctuation, constantly getting people confused. Um, the, the gender, the race, all that type of stuff. That's only a means to be able to do it, but it has. No real, you know. There's no real ends in any of those things. Yeah, it it doesn't have any function outside of just the exercise of power in the context of you know what you know what this concept of law actually is and what it means to the average person. And that's something else that's constantly re- being redefined. Well, you you know it's interesting. Just as the as nice it would if you think if you're thinking, you know, outside of this system, how nice it would be to, you know, exist in a place where you didn't need law. You know, let's say you lived way out in the. I'm sure out there in Oklahoma, Chris, you've got places where like nobody from Oklahoma City will ever go out there, or people don't drive through an area for days on end. I, I know because I've been to some of those places. So technically, those those places out there, right here in good old USA, most most of the time they don't even really need laws. Well, what it what exactly is it if there is no mechanism at hand to enforce any of it? So that's another something that comes becomes purely academic or theoretical. It's only something that exists it only in an abstract sense. It really has no uh, direct bearing on anybody's day-to-day living. It's just something that is uh, inconsequential, yeah. Yeah, depending exactly. on where you're at. Exactly. So, you know, you can go out to a, places in Oklahoma, I'm sure, and other parts of the country where people still got uh, 
rebel flags hanging outside their house. Oh, 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 yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, no. So, so there's the law does not apply to you know to things that stands that stand still and don't. What am I trying to say? It's like I I know that there's you know like take for instance um, when you're going out towards Arkansas. You're driving from where you're at, which I've never been to Lawton, but I've been to Oklahoma City. Um, so if you're driving towards Arkansas from Oklahoma City, um, there's places so far outside of quote unquote civilization, there's no way to apply all of the laws that exist back in Oklahoma City to anything out there in those wide open spaces. Yeah. So technically, the the law does not even exist in those places in America. Now, the other thing about America is there is so much wide open space everywhere, and so much uh, emptiness. It's, uh, Chris and I, we, we've talked about this before that America is empty for the most part. Yeah. And and so um, it would be really hard to apply all of those laws. Now, but see, if you can get people to become their own policemen, that is the idea, is where you become your own policeman, where you become an individual who governs himself. But see, it's it's a twisted idea of the things that we like to think are good. It's, you know, we've talked about this before, but individuality has two very strange sides to it. There's the one side where I'm an individual and I, I do what I want and I don't, you know, um, I don't adhere to, you know, illogical, you know, uh, government and I hold a set of values and morals for myself. But then there's the other side of individuality where it's I'm an individual and I'm isolated and I police myself because I do exactly what I'm told. And so there's that thin line between the two. And unfortunately, um, that's for the most part what has happened to people is you have people individually isolated within their um cell phones and uh, their, you know, media devices and they become more, they be, they're becoming more policemen over themselves, kind of like, you know, 1984, because you were, um, you were talking about that earlier. You, you, you guys were both talking about that and that's what it was reminding me of is, is, um, that part of 1984 um, where you become so confused, you can't, you don't know what you can or can't say on a day-to-day basis. 
yeah, they talk about that in 1984. And uh, it's, it's also like if you look into, um, you know, the development of uh, practice of op- operant conditioning and Pavlov and, and how, um, you know, you take the dog, you put him in the cage, you shock him if he goes to his food, you shock him if he lays down, you, shock him, you just shock him for everything, just that he can't do anything. Uh, or 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 the or, or the shocks come just intermittently and randomly where it's like well i walked to this yesterday i was walking to this part in the cage and i got shocked but today it's another part of the cage and so yeah so what uh, they would observe would be the dog would go into a catatonic sort of apathetic depressed state yeah that's interesting too because Okay, if you think about, we're we're getting this through the medium of mass media. So people are getting all of their stuff. So they're seeing the news, they're hearing debates, there's you know talk shows and television shows, and they've got all of these things built into them where it's like, are you allowed to say, you know, are you, Chris, are you white? Are you allowed to say the word black? Is, I mean, is is it is it should it be legal for a, for a white man such as yourself to say the word black anymore? Right, um, um, or, or or whatever the issue of the day is, you know, are you allowed to be straight and say the word gay? Um, the the thing is, is that it's being delivered. Most of this is being delivered directly, beamed into the mind through media, and that's where people are getting all of this, all of these ideas of how to change the way that they think about certain things and how they're being, you know, mind bombed through all of it, but it doesn't actually exist. Even that stuff doesn't exist. And, um, and it's interesting in that, in that Bateson book, he makes a great point, um, that, and, and people should remember this because it's, it's a real simple thing. And it's, it's something that I've heard in other books before, but, it's always good to, to remind yourself of it. So, Chris, um, you see the computer in front of you, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, when you look away from the computer, you see, if, if I say, Chris, uh, think about the computer. So, you, you, cre- you create an image in your mind of, of the computer, right? Yeah. But see, does is there a computer that really exists in your in your brain, inside your head? Is it inside my head? <clears throat> There's a, I guess a construct of it. I mean, that's how I perceive it is in through my senses and in, in my brain. So I guess there's a model of it right. inside my head. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah, the example the example he uses is an apple, that's a much more easier one, is picture an apple sitting on a table. Now, if you can picture an apple sitting on a table, obviously there is not a table and an apple inside your head that exist in the physical realm. Okay. Uh huh. But there there can be a physical table with an apple sitting on it. But not in your mind. It cannot be a physical thing. It's not. It's not. It's not real. 
so based off of that concept, you can basically manipulate people to do anything. Mm-hmm, right. Just off of that concept alone, that, some, that there is something that could exist in reality and you could put it into someone's mind because of the physical nature of that. So, so anytime there's a story that could be real or could be fake or anytime there's an idea out there of should Chris, being a white man, be able to say the word black? As long as you are able to to put that idea of something physical, see, if you, if you come up with something racial um, in the modern sense of the word, all the, the, the thing that people do, the first thing that people do is they think about some physical interaction. So if you're talking about race and people get offended by it, the first thing that they do is they're thinking about something in their personal life. So they're thinking about you know, whatever, whatever race it's directed at, uh, whether you're black and you think, you know, that you, you get offended by something uh, a white person says, there becomes a physical thing that you have to, um, that you have to envision in your mind and experience. But most of those experiences come from suggestion through media. So they're not even really taking place in the physical world. Right. Mm-hmm. They're coming through the, the, the secondary delivery system. So it's like if you saw somebody say something racial to somebody else in a movie, and then you remember it, and then when you hear a real, you know, a debate about about racism in what was supposed to be the real world, you know, on a news media show, you've got the experience through the media again. And then if there is a possibility and it might even be a great possibility but there is a possibility that you have an experience with that in real life it it's now taking a, you know it's now related to those experiences that you had through living through them through entertainment You, you were you were taught through the entertainment how to interpret real experiences. Yeah, it's um, it's like how to make sense out of a a culture and society that really doesn't make a lot of sense, and then you go to entertainment to put it in context for you exactly and um if if i if, if you have the mass media there to tell you Chris, that apples sitting on tables are bad like you shouldn't have them sitting on tables then 
then the thing that exists in the physical realm now takes on a different interpretation. You see, by way through a a diversion, you know, it, it being diverted through the artery, the, the delivery system of mass media, because there's something as simple as an apple sitting on a table, or something as simple as a this person has white skin, this person has black skin, or hey, this person, you know, lives a different lifestyle than, than mine that uh, has no relevance to anything that I'm doing over here. I don't need to be nosing myself in their business, and um, I don't need to be worrying about uh, any, you know, anything that somebody else is doing over there. But it all gets into all of those, all of those opinions, and all of those emotions, and all of those things that are happening on a mass scale. That, that's the other thing you have to think about too is that all all of the people who are watching this you know this mass media this stuff is scientifically produced to be able to evoke emotions and changes in people's opinions on a mass level right <clears throat> And then what happens oh, it's is not like oh this is gonna well it's not like oh this is gonna resonate with a few people somewhere. It's like no this is this is down to where there's gonna be millions and millions and millions of people who are gonna resonate with this. Well, another thing too is that when you have the mass uh, the mass media. And you could disseminate these ideas out into the culture. Then what happens is that, okay, you could, you know, embed thought forms into people's minds that, you know, maybe necessarily didn't exist before. And then by nature of doing it on a mass scale, then, you know, whether or not somebody would accept those particular ideas, you know, or they may have some other kind of, uh, background or upbringing or thoughts that would, you know, cause them maybe uh, reject those ideas. And still, it's the idea has been planted in their mind. And so when it comes out through uh, maybe some other kind of discussion or another context or something like that, it, it comes out into the uh, culture at large when it previously only existed in fiction and it only existed in, in some uh, script. But then what happens after that is that, you know, as people start to entertain those ideas that they saw on, you know, quote unquote entertainment, then then they start to pick up uh, social proof just based on the idea that people are starting to ponder or mull over these ideas that they didn't do before. And then even though they may not adopt those ideas or, or, or take them into their identity, it's still um, put out there to anybody that's inclined to would, you know, so that, so that it becomes something that gets pushed out into the culture. People start discussing it and then it starts to trigger a, you know, cascade effect of, uh, you know, 
different thought forms that cascade off that. And then, then it becomes eventually a cultural reality when it. Well, it also becomes a culture of change. Yeah. Becomes a culture of, of of fluctuation and, um, you know, fluid cultural fluidity. And you, and you become, and everybody's comfortable with that. They're, they're comfortable with going to the airport and getting through. The people who are doing the rifling are comfortable with it. It's some, and that is something that is entirely based off of myth. Absolute, complete, and total myth that you go to the airport and get your stuff rifled through because there's someone who's going to potentially do something to hurt people. It's absolutely a myth. I mean, Chris, I know you've I know you've been to an airport before and gone through TSA, and I know that you've marveled. That this is all taking place based off of something that absolutely does not exist. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of striking when you come to the full realization of that. It's like all of this is for absolutely something that is just completely and one hundred percent fictional. But you know. Are people actually employed? Are people actually going through my shit right now? And they're paid to do it. And then they, I'm standing in front of somebody that has this particular perception about, uh, you know, the, this whole situation here where they actually see what they're doing as having some sort of benefit in some way. I said, yeah, all of that is true, but it all it all was generated out of a fiction an entirely fictional construct and that's that's and then but you know to get kind of uh focused in on that which is like we which is uh, sort of easy to do because it's sort of this set of conditions that were are are out of character pretty much to, to pretty large degree, so so it's readily identifiable. So it's something like a lot of people will will point out, you know, like post nine eleven, and then oh yeah, TSA. But uh, if you actually reflect on that and step out even further, it's like no, that is what our whole entire system is actually based on things of that nature where you have all kinds of people of all kinds of different backgrounds and walks of life engaging in very similar behavior and they conduct their day-to-day lives very similar and you got to wonder like how did this all come about you know came about through the similar type process Uh, are we still on?
sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. Oh, I think uh, John's call dropped. Throw him to the chat. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Kelly, I'm out having a real difficult time hearing you. You got a lot of noise and stuff on the line there, and coming in there real faint. Uh. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe you can uh, try try calling back or something. I think your your connection is really bad. Um, let's see, yeah, there's some people left on the chat. Okay, I think uh, Ellie just dropped off there. Um, yeah, it was a really bad connection there. And it looks like John dropped off. I don't know if he's calling back in, but uh Yeah, there's some good points. And um Yeah, you kind of get into some of this discussion and uh Yeah, it becomes sort of uh well, to me, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, get into this. You get it, you get into the knowledge of a lot of this and like, you know, how, how do things work and how things, you know, manifest themselves out into the wider culture and all that. And then you could become, become aware that, yeah, it's actually fiction that's drive is the driver of, uh, behavior for the most part. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, a way to understand why things are the way they are. And, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta wonder how, how further disconnected can humanity get from the natural order of things before everything just kind of just, <laughs> disassociates and flies apart. I wonder that a lot of times when I see the level of sort of dysfunction just around me, just kind of around me and my, uh, oh, you know, my immediate family and, uh, kind of things I dealt with growing up and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's, now it's kind of to the point where it's like different forms of dysfunction are sort of the rule and normalcy and stability and uh, coherence of thought and everything is becoming less and less the norm um, on average. And of course, there's always exceptions to that, but um yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it just makes you wonder. It's like, well, I mean, not to get, uh, kind of into the, uh, doldrums here and everything, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, something you got to deal with one way or the other. I don't know how beneficial it is to be in complete denial of, uh, all of this stuff. And then, uh, 
you have to decide how are you going to relate to this uh, mass media or mass culture entertainment complex. How are you going to, what, what is your, your particular relationship going to be towards it? After arriving at some better understanding of it and the nature of it. So I think that's a decision everybody has to make at some point or another. And uh, I think it's an important decision. It's not, not something that's even offered up as something that's like, oh, well, you know, you have to make a decision of that. Yeah, what's your relationship going to be to mass media? And if you ask a question like that, it's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's just something that I engage in, something that I do, like everybody else does it too. And it's, you know, oh, what are you going to do if you don't do that? You kind of get really bored. But, uh, well, it helps to see see it for what it is. But, uh, well, with that said, I think we're gone to, yeah, close to, close to, Closing up shop time. And, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, message Jay earlier. I said, try to call in if, uh, you can. He's on the, him and Jamie are on a road trip and going across country right now. I said he's somewhere around in the desert. And, uh, I responded back something to the effect of, uh, yeah, try to, try to, what did I say? Piggyback off of Gwen Tower or something. I was making a joke. And, uh, thing about jokes, when you're talking about anything implying that someone might be an agent or something like that, which, which I did, that's, oh, you know, maybe you're, you're a CI agent, you can do that or something like that. It's like, yeah, it's just that forgetting the, kind of overall context of like, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Did I, did I, uh, say something that could be misconstrued and said, yeah, it probably did. And I probably do that a lot. And I don't even just absent mindedly throw something out there. But, um, yeah, I don't, didn't actually mean anything by that at all, other than just kind of being, being flippant or apt, absent minded. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, recognize that as something that, uh, is common in, uh, our culture too. It's like all the, uh, different, uh, communication forms. And then you're texting something out, you're tweeting something out, you're putting a Facebook post out and, uh, you have a lot of room for misconstruing and misinterpreting, interpreting things on both ends, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's something that I've run into, uh, and maybe it's me and I haven't adapted and maybe I won't adapt thoroughly to all of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, just something that, uh, yeah. Another thing we have to deal with is like, well, of all the communication, there seems like a lot of breakdown in communication that's kind of alongside of it, which you wouldn't think would be something that would be, uh, uh, 
go alongside of all oh, the ubiquity of communications technologies accompanied by a, a fracturing or a breaking down of communication. But that's happens. It happens a lot. Um, but uh, let's see who called in tonight. Uh, we had Kelly calling in from Scotland, and that uh, was uh, good to hear her on here. And uh, glad to have her on the call. And uh, we had Sean from Austin, and uh, John and Adams called in. And thank you all for coming on. And uh, who else? Oh, yeah, I saw Damon pop in, but, uh, like, uh, didn't get an opportunity to chime in and hopefully call in next time. And, uh, yeah, that was a, was a pretty good call. We got, uh, got it in the hopper here. So, yeah, thanks everybody for coming out. And, uh, Hopefully we do it again next Monday and, uh, yeah, y'all take care and, uh, have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Hoaxbusters call. You can subscribe to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. Support the Hoaxbusters call by rating it on iTunes, sharing it on social media, fire off a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com. Conspicuous graffiti in public places. Busters call. Conspiracy. Just theory. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.